This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts Podcast with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today. He was a terrible limo driver, constantly getting lost and running out of gas. Good thing he became an actor. Welcome Mad Men's John Slattery. Congratulations on Mad Men. Oh, thanks. Well done. You were very good. like I, that was really all me too. I was, was like, I am to be congratulated for that. You should because you wrote it and you directed it and That's you right. starred in it and you played a lot of parts at once. You're I cooked like, it all up out of my. I wrote it in the Beverly Hills uh, Public Library. It was crazy. Uh, and then you like fifteen years ago sent just, it in a Manila envelope with a stamp to AMC and they bought it. And Matt Weiner intercepted who? I'm it. Sorry, who? And he yeah, and then he put his name on it. That is so That's, uncool. I, it's, I am so I'm, mad at him. I am so furious. I am mad at him. Yeah. And we're not to speak of it again. We're done. Yeah, I just decided that I was going to take the high road and let him get all the credit for it. That's so sweet of you. It hasn't been easy. All these uh, awards that he's gotten should be mine. So that's why every time they say, and the winner is, I see you like start to stand up. And then you're like, oh, yeah. no, I and can't. I'm going to. Yeah. I have a question for you. Speaking of awards, yeah, you were just in Spotlight, which won the Oscar for I, best movie in the world. Right now, <laughs> let's let's best be honest. Best movie in the world. Best movie yeah. in the world. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it's right. Amazing. Tom McCarthy is an old friend of both of ours. Mm-hmm. It's kind of staggering and amazing. Yeah. that he did such a thing. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Do you, when you are an actor in a movie that wins best movie in the world, <laughs> um, do you get an Oscar? Yeah. Has it arrived? No, I'm only kidding. You don't get an Oscar. You don't? What, no. do, you, what do you get, like a certificate? Like, I don't even know if you like get a certificate. Like on field day? You know, on field day, everybody gets like, great job participating. You get a half a blue ribbon. You get <laughs> not even a full ribbon. You get like a half a one. Um, fourth place. Congratulations. Good for you. This is America. That's as good as first place. Yeah. Good for you. You, you were there. You were so in that movie. Um, you really were so in that movie. You were so magnificent in that movie. Nice. I've watched it more than once. Are yeah, you Catholic? Did you grow up Catholic? I did, yeah. I was an altar boy the whole bit. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know you as a practicing Catholic. No, I haven't been forever. Uh, it's basically as soon as I got my driver's license and 
said, okay, I'm off to church. And right. <laughs> the other and didn't, direction. Didn't uh, go. No. Do no. you remember when we went to, was it Gilgo? Yeah. Do you remember when I got I remember. in the I, ocean? I, I wish that we had that on film. Could you, you describe were, yeah, to I'm the, audience, describe what, the audience what happened and what it looked like? So Alana is swimming like, you know, like old ladies swim, like with uh, with their toes up, you know, in the, she's sort of circling her hands. She's underwater up to like, you know, her, her shoulders and her toes are up like old ladies do. And all, and we're standing on the beach. It's the 4th of July, drinking a beer and then all of a sudden, not even a wave, but like the, a swell came up. So she went from sort of, if you're standing on the beach, she's, you know, well, like waist high because she's a little down, you know, the, 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 the cant of the beach in the water. And then all of a sudden she rises up to over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm standing there drinking this beer. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, look, Alana's above my head now. And she's still... And she's still with the toes in the water, like like doing this, but like looking back over her shoulder toward where she was bound to land. And then this thing deposits her on the beach in about six inches of water. But the, all the like about 150 gallons of water land on you. You you were wearing like a mas, uh, machino machino bikini. <laughs> it was a good bikini. And you landed with the force of like you know, I mean, all that water and. I literally, I remember thinking, I w I'm looking up at you, and I thought, it was so slow, it was so slow, sort of slow motion, that I have time to get my camera, that I thought I could reach down, it was before cell phone cameras, yes. that's how long ago this was, yes. and I could reach down onto the towel and shoot the picture of you <laughs> above my head before you landed, and you were literally like, ooh, <laughs> and you landed, <laughs> And the thing is, you were landed like three feet from everybody. We were standing there like eating potato chips. And you were so traumatized by this. It was unbelievable. And 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 you spent the rest of the 4th of July in the car. You went in and sat in the car. We were we were having a cookout. And we were like, where's the law? Oh, she's in the car. She wants to leave. You had like your bag on your lap. You were ready to go. Because in my experience of it, first of all, it was literally like I was in a dryer. Like I've been putting <laughs> you, it, it, totally. I mean, it, 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 it's unbelievable that you could be three feet away and having an entirely different experience <laughs> than us going. Oh, look at Alana; she's up in the air. But I was trying. I was trying <laughs> desperately to signal to you guys. <laughs> right? I know. You, You're all like, waving at me. Catch me! Something. It was. It was. And you landed like on the back of your neck. <laughs> I mean, it was like with feet up in the air, and I mean, it was unbelievable. I think it's the craziest water event of my life but i just want to say uh maybe this will help with sponsorship for me in the future that that bathing suit stayed on <laughs> and I it did. those m's it. they were like like a they gold were. m on the sides of your and yes, you, you and know like for those of you that don't know alana was pretty well put together it still is but but this was back in the day back in the day when uh, yeah that thing was uh was was not going anywhere oh that was so funny you know the, the funny thing about it, we talk about it all the time whenever because we're at the beach a fair bit. And so we're like, remember Alana? Like, Look, I'm Alana. And, we're, and it was that it was when when the water receded, you were literally in like a puddle of water. And so it was <laughs> a traumatic event, understand. but you weren't like way out in the ocean. No, but it's as if I were in my own bathtub. <laughs> it was literally was... happened in the, the tub. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to explain <laughs> that my experience of it was completely, and then to come out and be like, 
Hey guys, I don't know if you noticed, yeah. but like a minute ago, <laughs> I almost died. You guys, and we're like literally eating the same potato chip, watching the whole thing happen. Well, uh, yeah. So oh, that's it. We're that done. Was good. Thank yeah, you that for was coming good. in. Oh, my pleasure. See that you later. Was amazing. Oh, you're a great athlete, and I imagine oh, as a kid, um, athletics where you grew up, wide open spaces, a more <laughs> suburban mm-hmm, scenario. Right. Yep. Um, one of six. Kids, Kids, yep. Are yeah. they all in Newton still? No, uh, they're in. My parents uh, split the uh, the you know summers in in Situate, Massachusetts, right. which is on the South Shore. Right. Beautiful town uh, where we grew up, going to the beach, and uh, they go to Florida in the winter. So, how did you go from? A kid who I imagine is a jock, at least that's my fantasy of you, Half-assed kind to of a kid who ended up in the theater department. Like, what was that um, journey for you? That, um, I was a, a television uh, fanatic and movies. I would go to the movies. That's all we did was go to the movies. We'd get somebody to take us to the to one theater or another where, you know, they were sprinkled around, you know, at the mall or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, we would do that and spend all day in the theater, you know, go from one movie to another, sneaking in the movie. You know, it was so much That's easier to, to do all not that stuff. Legal. <laughs> it's not legal. We sneaked, we would sneak in everywhere. That's all we did. We never had any money. And we, so we would just go and figure out scams to sneak in ballparks and movie theaters and stuff. Right. Um, and then I would watch TV all the time. I never did my homework. I never did, I, I played sports, but. I wasn't that serious about it. I, I wasn't, I was, I, I could kind of play everything, but not, I wasn't a star at anything. And so I, nobody cared whether I showed up or, or you know, I could, it was just another guy who could fill a slot. Um, and I enjoyed all that, but I, I, so then I would go home and watch TV and stay up till four in the morning and watch old movies and, and then drive everybody crazy in my house because I couldn't get up the next morning and, 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 and they were just like screaming, so it was, yeah, screaming, screaming and yelling, you yeah. rides in the driveway. <laughs> and, and, and then yeah I, I don't know and then i and then i i, I did you I, do I, plays in high school no we didn't have any theater department we had i went to this little high school that is now moved to another location and become much more um you know it's just a fancy prep school it was i had the same teachers my dad had i had these guys like one of them was uh, a guy named monsignor keating james keating who was the chaplain for the Boston Fire Department, who would wear his fire boots. His nickname was Boots, and he had my father for a student. He used to drive my father to school when when my dad was a kid. My dad and my uncle, my mother and my father grew up across the street from each other, and this guy used to pick them up and drive them to school, and like, and he was still teaching when I was there. And my friend's fathers were in my dad's class, and this was a tiny little school. So um, did you feel like... 25 years later, he still had passion for his job, or was he pretty sleepy by the time no, he, he, he was, was a here? great guy. He, 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 would te- he taught modern European history, and he would, um, you know, he'd teach a little, and then he'd go, boys, we had a three-alarm fire last night. I was up to my armpits and burning flesh. Oh, my and then God. He, and then he'd describe that, and, you know, he'd go off, and all boys. You were in an all And small, school. like, uh, uh, I don't know, 15 kids. There were two. There was a standard and an honors class. <laughs> Guess which one I was in. Oh, I know uh, which one you were in. And 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 um, yeah. And then we we were you know a bunch of characters, and 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 it was a weird little school. 
Are you friends with anybody still that you went to high school with? You know, I live in New York, and they live wherever they live. And um, Do you want dated, to give your address out? Day to day, <laughs> 411 Hauser Street. Uh, Doogie Hauser Street. <laughs> Wait, did that, was that Archie Bunker's Hauser? Ha- trying to, yeah, anyway, um, that was Archie Bunker's address. Uh, he lived in Queens. We, yeah, we keep in touch. So after you went to Catholic University, mm-hmm. you came to New York, and I feel like, will you... Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you lived like with carny people in Coney Island or something. <laughs> I didn't or, live. What? I did. I, I lived were, with a guy. You were who are in the who freak shall show? remain nameless. Okay. He was sort of a. He could have been in the freak show. Yes. Which is why he'll remain nameless. Yeah. Because I can talk about him. Okay. Um, I used to call him <laughs> the pink boneless hamster. He was but, the weirdest little dude to me. He looked like what a, a baby hamster would look like. You know those little babies. How did you even meet him? We went to college together, and 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 we weren't exactly tight, but you know, you sort of close knit the theater department at at uh, school, and then we did this tour, um, a company called the National Players, and mm-hmm. they would go out and you know do play do two plays. We did As You Like It and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and and they travel around to colleges, mostly high schools, colleges for like a year, right around the country. Anyway, this guy was like, hey, if I ever got an apartment, you want to move in together? And I said, yeah, totally. sure, whatever. And then he actually called. I guess it was Gravesend. It's either Gravesend or Bensonhurst. It's kind of right on the line. Kings Highway and West 7th Street on the N train. Literally right on the N train on the fifth floor walk up. The, the train would go right by the window. It was like that was like worse that Woody than Allen the Woody movie. Allen movie. Yeah. Well, worse because you were living with a... Blind, I was, ha- baby uh, hamster. He wasn't blind. <laughs> I, mean, he, I didn't I mean, say anything about. Oh yeah, those, those things are blind. Pink. He he could see. So you came to New York and you. I had I got a job. Uh, I drove a limousine. Your, you did. Yeah. Were you ever scared? Did anyone try to hold you up? No, I drove a limousine for a for a minute for a state senator. Really? Forget his name. And I didn't know how to get anywhere. I didn't know. I lived here for like a, a no minute. GPS so he's back like, then. Yeah, what the hell? You're terrible. Terrible. Let me let me drive. He was like, this isn't going to work out. No. When I got to New York, it was mostly waiting tables. Right. And then I got a job in a law firm. You- but it was a good job because there was a bunch of actors who were sort of shuffling papers around and doing all. So you could leave and go to an audition. You know, I took full advantage of that and ran around and did all every backstage audition. Is that how you started from like? Getting backstage because you probably didn't have an agent yet. Or I think did I you got a job out of backstage once. Did a you? really bad <laughs> production of uh, of of a Genet play called what the hell was it called? The, the you know I, 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 it wasn't the Maids, but it was something else. It was Death Watch, and it was uh, you know super grim French prison. Death Watch. I thought Death Watch was a musical. Did you ever do a musical? In junior high school, I was in the chorus of Bye Bye Birdie. That was my big debut. Do you want to sing? <laughs> hey, you, you wanna... stupid. Hey, you meathead. <laughs> Why'd you have to go get pinned for? I remember this. I know. I'm not Did sure. Did you hear about Doobie Doo? Hugo. Did you hear about Hugo and Kim? Yeah, Hugo and Kim. I heard about Kim. I just knew it somehow. Hey, you stupid. I was calling right up. Hey, you didn't Can't talk to you now. That was daddy. We should do it. We should. Do you want to do... First of all, it's time for you to be in a play again. This is ridiculous. What's yeah. happening? What's it's, happening it's, with that? Uh, that is it Bye Bye Birdie? Is Bye Bye Birdie coming Birdie, up? It's not Bye Bye Birdie, but it's going to happen. I can't say. It's not a, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm told to keep my, my mouth shut. Oh, we won't tell anybody. Yeah. You, you could totally just Where tell us. Where am I? Where, what? 
Yeah. Do no. you like secrets as much as I do? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> because I realize yeah. that I love secrets. You do? I feel honored when someone shares a secret with me. I, I'm a good secret keeper, despite what my wife would say. She would not. We she should get her on the phone. I am a gas bag. Yeah. Which I I can be, and but it's, I'm a strange contradiction about of of. I like to hear gossip. Sure. But then it goes in one ear and out the other, and I don't. I'll come home and she'll say, "What happened?" and "Who'd you see?" and blah blah blah, and I'll go, eh, mm. I, you know, I'll bury the lead, and right. then the next day she'll get off the phone with you and go. How did you not t- tell me that? Right. Uh, oh, I forgot. I, who cares? Right. But that's why it's good that you guys have me. Right. If it weren't for me. You introduced us. We did. And that's secondly, right. I am so excited because I understand that you have brought my wedding footage here today. Is that true? <laughs> See, coffee just went up my nose. <laughs> uh, John um, Slattery. I gave you that footage. No. Oh. No. Oh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> How long have you been married now? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. 13 well, years. I believe 13. I think there's like, there's paper, there's gold, there's, and 13 there. is getting cellulite. We're going to have a screening. We're going to have a <laughs> cellulite. 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 So, 13 is definitely cellulite. Perfect. Anyway, um, no, I mean, don't even worry about it. Because you know what the good news is? We're still married. Yeah. And maybe if we had that footage. I was going to say, if you see that footage, you're going to go, what the that's, hell was I thinking? That's a terrible idea. This was a terrible wedding. We should not be married. Yeah. It was a good wedding, though. I sat next to Matt McGrath. Every time I go see a play with Matt McGrath, as the lights are coming down, he whispers in my ear, I think you're really going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be like a Holocaust play, that's a Neil really Simon funny. revival. It doesn't matter. Excuse me for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> um, wow, that's a huge phlegm ball that just came flying yeah, out just of hit you. Did it hit you? Did <laughs> oh it get God. on your shoe? <laughs> I like your clogs, by the way. Silver. I like a girl in clogs. Do Can you? I just say that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I like a guy in clogs. I don't like a guy in clogs. Unless you're, a sh- unless you're a nurse or a chef. And I don't know why chefs can get away with clogs. Why is that? Because they're on their feet and they're really comfortable? Why do, why do, why do people in kitchens wear clogs? Because Men. they because they give you good back support and and doctors and nurses do they know something that we don't the rest of us don't know? First that, of all, I think doctors and nurses well, the, know a lot of things. Yeah, the that well, we doctors don't know. do, but chefs don't know that much, do they? There are a lot of a lot of a lot of times they're crazy too. Do you like to eat? <laughs> I like eating. <laughs> I like secrets and eating. I like to eat in secret. In clogs. In in the dark. In, I totally in, do. Yeah, in just right. a pair of clogs. Yet we digress. Do you still audition for anything? What yeah. happens now? Would you? Would you still? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't had an audition in a while. Aren't, things aren't great. <laughs> things aren't so good. <laughs> did you ever do commercials? Gonna, I, I, yeah, I did a. Com- yeah, I did a bunch of. That's how I got. That was my first when I when I got a job at that law firm. Yeah. That's I got a commercial. Long story short, I got a manager, a guy named Bob McGowan, who still manages people, has a great stable of actors, is a great guy. Okay. Um. Very supportive. I mean, literally, like, loaned me money. Right. I mean, like, l- let me use his apartment to stay in. He was just really great to me. Um, and uh, he and I got, the, like, the first commercial I auditioned for randomly right. uh, because I could roller skate. Of course you could. And um, Why did you I, play? Although I couldn't. I had these roller blades. I did had you these play weird, hockey growing up? I played hockey growing up, and, the, and then my – somebody had – my brother-in-law played hockey, and he had these roller blades. He – sort of riveted them onto his skates. No one had ever seen them before. And then he gave them to me. And so I used to sk- skate around New York 
like, you know, in midnight, you know, probably stoned, you know, with a Breaking. hockey stick and a ball. And I'd, I'd go to like Washington Square Park. And anyway, I brought those things to this audition. And the guy goes, I don't even need to see you put those things on. And like, I said, great. And I got sure? the job. Amazing. And it was the first audition that this, that this Bob McGowan sent me on. He was like, and the only reason he sent me on it was because I was wearing a T-shirt with his hometown written on it. He was like, where'd you get that shirt? I said, I, my girlfriend lives in this town. He goes, that's where I, okay, fine. I'll send you on this one thing. And I ended up getting it. And that's how, and then I, yeah, I got, that's how I got to be able to quit the law firm. So that's how I quit the law my career in, in, in the law. Right. It's probably better for everybody. It is. It is. A lot of people the of the would be uh, still sitting on death row. And yeah, I did commercials. So that's the beginning. I feel like I met you around the time when you did laughter on the 23rd floor I think I was doing, or I just finished Jake's Women, another right. Neil Simon play. Right. Maybe, I don't know. Um, Angels, uh, well, Naked uh, Angels. Naked Angels, maybe, Naked Angels. Which I wasn't a member of, and I no. kind of always wished I was I because know. everybody knew each other, and we I didn't did. know anybody. I know. That was a great, but you know, I mean, that was me and Rob Morrow and Matthew Broderick and Kenny Lonergan right. and Warren Light and Gina Robbie Bates. and Robbie Bates and Joe Mantello. Like, the list yeah. was sort of... Mm-hmm. An amazing who's who of young actors in New And they York would do the readings. Time. They would do those readings Tuesdays at nine. Yeah, Isn't that what which it, was it still happens. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think your name came up on a vote and. Uh, Biggest douchebag? <laughs> we, were like, we were like, you know what? Oh, you mean to, to be a member? And they were like, mm, <laughs> not for us. Nah. Not for us. Close, but no. No, we, not, we no. like you. We already have somebody like him. But you're no. not a naked angel. You're not. You're just an angel. I remember seeing you in Three Days of Rain, and I still feel this way. I remember leaving the theater and waiting in, did you do that at South Coast Rep the first time? Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember sitting in the waiting area, the little cafe, waiting for you guys to come out. And I remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe I'm friends with that man. I cannot believe. And then I came and walked right past you, and you were like, oh, turns out I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) If I, I had known you were thinking that, I would have done exactly that. I know. Just for the laugh. I know. For the comedic. Hey, who's that girl? Never saw her before. She's cute. Bye. Yes. And I, and, and I really, uh, I really remember feeling um, that I had seen something so other and so beautiful. Um, I think of that, you know, as much as you think about me <laughs> in the as ocean Lucy. at Gilgo Beach. Or, yes. Or me as Lucy Van Pelt. But or, yeah, no, actually, you're right. In the ocean and Gilgo Beach, that's as often. This moment that is crystallized in your mind forever as, like, if I have to choose one takeaway, uh, it's either... I still tilt my head to the angle where you were. It's, like, 10 o'clock on a clock. <laughs> the listeners are going to be like, we get it. It was really funny, but we weren't there, and we, we can't there, see but that's what like, 10 o'clock doing. helps, people, no, that's good. listeners. It's good. Yeah. It's good to send yourself. But I do feel like that... And not to embarrass you, but but I still feel like that is something that to this day, many years later, I will be walking down the street and I will think about you hmm. in that play. And um, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to thank you for that, but well, thank you for that. About time. Yeah. That was about um, 43 years ago. 47 years ago. And uh, it was beautiful. And also in Rabbit Hole, that was a really beautiful performance in a devastating play. That and was a I tough remember... Play. Um, I remember realizing when I went to see that play that there, for, for people who don't know it, it's, it's a play about a couple who lose a child Mm -hmm. and, uh, 
and are trying to figure out how to stay together. They have their separate ways of dealing. She That's would, right. Cynthia Nixon's character would fold the lawn, do the laundry, the kids' laundry over and over again, folding uh, and putting it in the drawer, taking it out, washing it, doing it again. And I couldn't even go in the kids' room, but I couldn't stop watching this Christmas videotape that I had taken. And we needed a kid's voice in rehearsal. Dan Sullivan was directing it and said, would you, you have a kid about this age, would you mind just, just record, just let him read the lines so we can have something to work off of in rehearsal and we'll find an actor to do it later. And we goofed around at him. He was like probably six at the mm-hmm. time. He was six. Um, and because uh, it was 10 years ago, by the way. And uh, so because Harry's he 27 now, because <laughs> he's 14 now. Uh, anyway, I realized it was Harry's voice. Yeah, it was Harry's voice. And then we just used it. And then we just redid it when they were like, you know, that it turned out pretty well. You want, why don't you guys just goof around with it? And we did. And they re-recorded it and we used it. So, yeah, because I thought, well, what the hell I'm going to be? That's what I'm going to be pretending. Yeah. Anyway, that was. Yeah. I'm really glad the play that I'm going to do in the fall is not that kind of a play. I was just reading about Jeff Daniels and Michelle Williams doing Blackbird. Right. And how? What is that about? That's about. Um, I, I. It's about a a man who used to have a, a a relationship with a. She's now a woman. She was a kid at the time, like that. Not like young, like underage. I think I don't really know. I haven't seen okay. the play. Okay. But it's heavy, and it's like the guy has to. The actor has to really go down the rat hole, right. and uh, you know that's. And Jeff Daniels was was was. Uh, talking about how difficult that can be if you really want to commit to this thing if you really go there you you it rules your life and it just kind of destroys you which rabbit hole did to me i'm um, sure i'm sure i mean it's you know it's boohoo you know oh i'm an actor in a play on broadway it's it's if you really do all, you know if you really want to invest in it emotionally it's difficult because you it's obviously you're you're you, you have to sort of trick yourself into into getting in that emotional state because no healthy you know, psyche wants to go, go to that place. And so you have to figure out a way to make that repeatable. I know. And when you're in a long run, it's so challenging. I I would often, you know, I have some piece of music that really worked for a while and then it runs out and then you're like, shit, there went, you know, it seems like all the, for the last, I mean, I did betrayal, which is similar to finding out that your wife has been sleeping with your best best friend friend for five years. That would be awful. That was heavy, and then what if Talia hole, was sleeping with me for five years? That would be that would be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that would be I better. I would not be upset. So Roger Sterling must have been more fun in that way because that was a long mm-hmm. run with one character, but he yeah. was really complicated really. but funny. Yeah, really funny. I mean, Ham and others had to kind of go to dark places a lot, but yeah. I feel like you got to kind of yeah, come in, say something funny, make a fake drink, and, yeah. and then say and then say some. Other funny thing, and then leave. I have a question for you. Is this the? Is this where you ask me what were you drinking and smoking in that show? No, that is absolutely not. I I I know it's real cigarettes and real booze. Did you I wear know. a merkin? That's what everyone. <laughs> you taught me what a merkin thing. was actually, and I want to thank you for that. I want to thank welcome. you for your performance in Three Days of Rain, <laughs> and for letting this naive teenage girl know what a merkin is. You're welcome. Um, I think I once called the great Sondheim. Uh, actress Ethel <laughs> Ethel Merkin. <laughs> Good old I was Ethel in a Merkin. Class and I was like Ethel Merkin. They were like, no. When you started directing Mad Men, mm. and you then, uh, how many did you direct with us? Six. A bunch. Six, six of them. Five. Six, I can't remember. Okay. So 
five. How did you, uh, would someone else kind of come on set when you were acting in it and become your director during that time? Or like, what would you do? And I would just do a take and then go look at it, or do two in a row and, and then go look at it and make sure I was, you know, sitting in the right chair and my pants were on. And, and it, it was, it was tough at first. It was, it was a lot to think about. Also, I, really, I don't know. know about you. I don't like even looking at myself. It's very yeah. hard for me when I've had the privilege. I don't like looking being... at you either. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. We're sitting across the table right now, and it's, this is brutal. <laughs> Do you want to tell them about the screen that we put up halfway, so you wouldn't uh, have you to look at me anymore? You said there would be a anymore. screen, and there isn't. Um, you How... know what? That's good. It's really good for. I was just talking to um, a friend who's an actor and and a producer on a TV show, and she was saying that initially it's jolting to to look at yourself and you go, you know, especially if none of us is getting any younger and you go, oh, my God, is there a better shot of right, me? Right, Um And then you, you know, just by repetition, you go, uh, you, that that ceases to become interesting or, or, or a source of anything other than just, okay, we have to cut to me, okay, that's fine, okay, then meh. And you lose that kind of, uh, you get over it. Yeah. So vanity, you, you sort of lose vanity or... Despair, whatever that is, for me, it's probably a little. It's a little of both because right? you're literally watching yourself, you know, your face sliding off of your skull down into your lap, you know, <laughs> which is ha- literally like you do. go, wow, look at that thing hanging off the, the bottom there. What That's is that? My chin. Holy shit! That's actually my chin. Yeah. That's not true. You're so stupidly handsome on camera. It's ridiculous. Look, but it doesn't, that may yeah, be true that's for somebody very nice else. Of you to say. Everybody's self-conscious about that kind of thing. No, it does get you over it. And you also realize that you are just a piece of the puzzle. I mm-hmm. mean, and, you know, actors put a lot of pressure on themselves and I got to get it right. And, you know, and then someone's yelling, we got time for one more take and then lunch. You know, we got to get we got to get out of here and. You know, it's not really conducive to feeling spontaneous and relaxed all the time. And once you see yourself in 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 the edit room, and you go back and forth, and you go, "Oh, this is like there's five different ways we could cut this." And and if you, it kind of takes the burden of all that away. You go, "Oh, if I just get close, they'll cut this thing together. It'll be fine." It it, it made it much easier for me to act on camera. Was that show, you know, Aaron Sorkin has the reputation of you have to, he writes long, beautiful monologues yeah. for people and yeah. he really wants the comma where the comma is yeah. and, um, and would cut. Was your show like that too? Yeah. Oh to the, to a, to a, to a point where, um, I would just say, no, we're not doing that again. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do that again or we well, can't I'm do not, it. Right. If I was directing, I'd go, well, no, we're not going back and doing that. I'm not, I'm not going back and, and putting the person through that. They just did a great take and right. the, and they re- inverted two words, something you know, fuck off. We're not right. doing that again. And, they and there were okay are people with that. who, well, you know, the, there's a food chain and, and the boss is at the top and then the, whoever the writer is, is like, no, we have to, or the script supervisor, it's, that's their job. And uh, you just have to overrule somebody if you have the power to do that. But also not to name drop, but Al Pacino. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, he just walked in. Oh um, my God. Al, wait, he's my next podcast. I'm he sorry. is? Can you, can he's you hurry great. Up? He's, he's here. Great. He's, well, I he's can watching. See him. I know. No, I, I, I had a tiny part in a movie that, that he was the star of, and I was literally like the driver of the car. So I was there all the time, and I is had like three Ms. lines. Daisy? Driving Al Pacino, it's called. It's, no one, hardly, hardly anybody saw it. He would never stop himself, and he would never, he, and he wouldn't know his lines. He would know a chunk, and then he wouldn't, and then he just sort of mumble or kind of fumfer, and then. And then he'd get to the part that he knew again. And I realized that, oh, it's all just pieces. Like, you, you never use a whole take. Even right. if it's a genius take, 
you probably, you know, you use some of it, but someone else is going to do something that makes it necessary to do, to use take three instead of take two, because they like what they're doing and your arm was in the wrong position. So actors feel like they have to get it right. They got to get the whole thing top to bottom. It's such an impediment to being relaxed, which is you can be relaxed in front of all those people with a big giant camera pointing in your face and a, and a mic up your butt, you know, right. and that, that's where the magic happens. It. Right, right. I love talking about this, but we are out of time on this one. So let's just keep going and do another episode. I'm Alana Levine, and you have been listening to Little Known Facts. I'm Alana Levine. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review our show in the iTunes show page. Little Known Facts is recorded at the Hangar Studios in New York City. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.